Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. do this another day another dollar another edition of the drive you're listening to the drive on 6th sports radio 6th sports.com and the odyssey app my name is karenton harrison very happy to be here with you on this thursday as we are getting closer and closer to the chiefs and the buffalo bills the 325 game on cbs we got nance and romo let me ask you a question who has been in kansas city more over the last six months do you think it's been tony romo jim nance or taylor swift because they both have residency here in Kansas City. They are always in town. Tony Romo is one of us now at this point. Jim Nance is one of us at this point. I'm sure he has a booth at the back of Capitol Grill at this point. They go in there. They know him by his first name. He probably got a locker back there and everything. At this point, Taylor Swift is doing all the fun young people things. She's at Miracle. She's going to Trader Joe's. She's eating at Peropos. All the cool things to do in town. Taylor Swift is certainly doing them. So this is what we have planned for today. Coming up in 30 minutes, we'll take our first trip to Buffalo, New York, to be drawn by Jeremy White from WGR out in Buffalo. That's coming up in about 30 minutes. In an hour, we'll be drawn by Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus to learn a little bit more in depth about the Chiefs offense, what's going wrong with the Chiefs offense. We'll also be drawn by Danny Parkins in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll also play your favorite game, University of We have a lot planned over the course of today's show. Before we get to any of those things, Rob, you know what to do. Pizza time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. 913-586-7610. And caller number six one's a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza. And they've taken over the town. They got a spot in Waldo. They got a spot in OP, Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and Lawrence. So Carrington, we're looking for maybe a whole pie or just some individual slices. Be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple favors. Number one, I need you listening to the drive each day at two o'clock. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. I don't need you to tell two friends. Just tell one friend that if you want some of the best pizza in town from our friends at Pizza Tasio, then the best place to get it is right here with us at 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. I am worried about Sunday's game. Maybe not for the reasons that some of you think I'm worried about this game. Isaiah Pacheco didn't practice yesterday. Isaiah Pacheco didn't practice today for the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys know Andy Reid's philosophy. If you don't practice, you don't play. We have one more day to answer our question regarding Isaiah Pacheco. I need to see at least a limited participant tomorrow in practice. Limited could mean anything. 
You literally can just take one snap in practice, that's it, and then you can mark it down as a limited participant in practice. But I need to see a limited tomorrow from Isaiah Pacheco because if we get three straight days of DMP, do not practice. He will not play Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. And that worries me because if we are being honest right now about the Kansas City Chiefs, they have three solid offensive players. And we're talking about removing one of those guys from the fold and relying solely on a rookie wide receiver in Travis Kelsey and being completely unsure, uncertain about any of the offensive options. You know that Jarek McKinnon's banged up. We don't have to talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We certainly have done that enough over the course of the last four years of his career. You look at the other wide receivers, how unproven they've been. Buffalo factor that in. They're coming off a bye. They're sitting at 6-6 six and six right now. They're desperate to make a run in this back stretch of the season to see if they can make the postseason. When you're starting to add all of these things up, it doesn't give me a great feeling about Sunday and the Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. I'm worried about Isaiah Pacheco. Rob, I know you don't value the run game, but at the core of this, you can identify that Isaiah Pacheco was one of their most reliable and proven offensive players. He might be the most dynamic offensive weapon that they currently have, and that's no disrespect to Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice, but the aggressiveness in which Isaiah Pacheco runs, how dependable he has been, over the early part of his career is certainly something that this organization and that this team needs. They need that toughness from Isaiah Pacheco. I will be incredibly worried if Pacheco was unable to go in Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Listen, I don't value the run game, and I'm probably more down on Pacheco than most people in town, and that's fine. But the Chiefs' weaponry this year is bad. We have talked about it for 14 weeks of an NFL season. That's not true. We've done it longer than that because the Royals were eliminated in May. We've been talking about it since Roger Goodell showed up in town. The Chiefs' weapons are bad. Travis Kelsey has regressed a little bit from his old self. MVS stinks. Sky Moore stinks. They all stink. The sad reality is Isaiah Pacheco is their second-best skill position player. Not a position you want to be in if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, but he is undoubtedly their second-best skill position player on the roster. And at a time when football has cranked up a level, every former player will tell you football really starts right after Thanksgiving. You could go into a game against a desperate, hungry Bills team without your second best skill position player. I don't know that Travis Kelsey alone with the grouping of stone hands wide receivers they have are good enough to go out and beat the Bills if Pacheco does not go. I'm hoping against hope they're just being cautious easing him back into the flow because of his shoulder contusion. But I'm worried that back-to-back days and no practice means number 10 is going to be in a sweatsuit on Sunday. Text line 913-586-7610. Our top text says he'll be fine. He always gets Wednesday off, I feel like. Today is Thursday. Not practicing on Wednesday is one thing. Not practicing on Thursday is another thing. I would say that you are now in the danger zone of potentially not playing in the game. So we'll see. 
I'm not saying he is going to play, not saying that he is not going to play, but if you haven't practiced the first two weeks or first two days of the week, and we all know what Andy Reid's philosophy is when it comes to Friday, Isaiah Pacheco's availability for tomorrow, how he is progressing, and if he is going to be available is certainly going to be one of the biggest things that we find out tomorrow whenever Andy Reid addresses the media tomorrow around 1 o'clock and if Isaiah Pacheco is going to be able to go in their game against the Buffalo Bills. I haven't taken a look at the lines for this week. Just haven't been that interested yet. So when I came into work today, we are all in this against the spread contest. Every person that works here and the winner gets a prize at the end. I then looked at the board and I saw Kansas City and I saw it say one and a half points. And I was like, is, is that real? And they were like, yeah. And I was, I was a little taken aback. So then I went on FanDuel.com and, yeah, the Chiefs are only one and a half point favorites on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. It got me thinking this. I don't think that Vegas is favoring the Kansas City Chiefs because of them. I think they are favoring the Kansas City Chiefs because of you. Because based on this spread, based on the line, based on Chiefs minus one and a half, despite the fact that they are eight and four, despite uh, despite the fact that Buffalo is six and six, the Chiefs are a better team than the Buffalo Bills. For the spread to be that close and be virtually a toss-up, Las Vegas is telling me that they would have Buffalo favored if this game was played anywhere outside of Arrowhead. If this game was in Buffalo, Buffalo would be the favorite in this game. This line tells me if these two teams played in Mexico or these two teams played in London or Germany, that Buffalo might be a one, maybe a slight one and a half to two point favorite in this game. This line is telling me we have so much respect for Arrowhead's home field advantage in a big-time spot, we are going to give you guys the advantage in this scenario. Am I wrong in thinking that? This is a really, really small number. Usually the Chiefs are not this small at home. They weren't this small of favorites a couple of weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles are certainly better than the Buffalo Bills. That was the Chiefs minus 2.5, Chiefs minus 3.5, depending on when you got it. Vegas is telling you that this is a coin flip game at home against what has been one of the more inconsistent teams in the National Football League. Buffalo has one road win this season. It was the Washington Commanders in the third week of the season. Buffalo has really struggled away from home. They've been competitive away from home, but they have lost against every other team outside of the Washington Commanders. To see a spread that close tells me that they are giving you, the fans, and you, the home field, the advantage. That they might not necessarily 100% believe in the team, but you got to give Kansas City the nod if they're going to be at home. But that Buffalo is going into one of the more difficult environments, and they are going to side with you in that. I was very surprised to see that the Chiefs were such slight favorites in this. And history tells you if you play the gambling side of this, take Kansas City. That's what it says. If you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes in a virtual coin flip scenario for a guy who has the greatest win percentage for any quarterback in the history of the National Football League, history tells you to be on his side of this argument, especially if we're not even factoring in points. Who do you think is going to win this game? Do you think Kansas City is going to win or do you think Buffalo is going to win this game? History tells you to take Kansas City. The math also tells you to take Kansas City. 
Coming up on the other side, we will talk about the abomination that is going to be on Amazon Prime later today between the Steelers and the Patriots. And some of you just need to be honest about something. I'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Welcome back to the show. Listen to The Drive on Sixth and Sports Radio, SixthandSports.com, and the Odyssey app. We were talking about Isaiah Pacheco. He has missed the first two days of practice this week. You guys know Andy Reid's policy. If you don't practice, you don't play. Someone texted into the show, CDOT, this is nothing to worry about. He had a shoulder issue heading into the Super Bowl. He's going to be okay. You're right. He also was a full participant in practice for all three of those days leading up to the game. He, he was a full participant. So I don't know if Isaiah Pacheco is going to play or not. It is Thursday. A lot can happen between now and then. But we've been following this team enough to know the rule. And tomorrow, if he is not on the field in any capacity, you can scratch the idea of him playing on Sunday. You will be riding Clyde Edwards Alaire and I and, and Jarek McKinnon the rest of the way if he does not practice tomorrow. He has to be a limited participant. I don't think you need him to be a full participant tomorrow. I mean, him being a limited means he still could possibly miss the game, but he has to be a limited participant. If he has three straight weeks of DMPs, you can go ahead and chalk that up. He will not be playing in the game against the Buffalo Bills. I do want to talk about Thursday Night Football here just a bit. 
Rob, I just saw this story come across my timeline, and it is maybe one of the weirdest quotes I've ever read. It's about Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. There is a very talented journalist. His name is Tyler Dunn. He has a newsletter, and he wrote a story called The McDermott Problem, talking about behind the scenes some of the things that have been going wrong this season for the Buffalo Bills. Listen to this. Quote, at St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, Sean McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the team that they needed to come together, but then sources on hand say that he used a very strange example, the terrorist on September 11th of 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to come together and get on the same page to orchestrate an attack to perfection. What in the world? I've heard some crazy football stories in my day. This is at the top of the list. I don't know if that's the example that I'd be using to my football team about coming together is the terrorist on 9-11. I feel like there are certain examples we should just avoid. Today's Pearl Harbor Day. Avoid it. The Holocaust. Avoid it. Slavery. Stay away from it. 9-11, don't make an example. Don't make a comparison. Don't make a simile. Don't use a metaphor. One of the wildest quotes I've ever seen. He told the entire team to come together and use an extremely strange model, the terrorist on September 11th. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate an attack to perfection. I've never heard a paragraph like that in my entire life. Sean McDermott is a crazy individual. Absolutely crazy. You know what? It explains a lot of the problems with the Buffalo Bills if if this is their head coach. It's starting to make a lot of sense. He couldn't think of any better example of teamwork because that's the point he's making. A group bonded together to get the job done. There are a billion examples of that in the history of the world. And he chose to sit a group down in New York and explain how that's the analogy he's going with. I just, I like Sean McDermott, but man, this year makes it feel like he might be on the way out. And that was before I knew about this weird analogy. I got to ask you guys a very serious question. And you guys can tell me the truth, 913-586-7610. I tell you guys this all the time, that some of you love football more than I do, and that's perfectly fine. Some of you love football enough to watch football outside in the freezing cold. I don't have that in me. Some of you love football so much that you are willing to watch it with your shirt off and paint your chest. I don't have that in me. Some of you love football so much that you are willing to take an entire day off work so you can tailgate all day out at Arrowhead Stadium. That's not a love of football that I possess. And I'm not saying you're wrong for that. We just love football very differently. We also love football very differently if you plan on watching Thursday night football today. And I want you to at least come to this realization. You hate basketball. Not even NBA basketball. You hate all forms of basketball. You hate college basketball. You hate high school basketball. You hate elementary basketball. You hate your family. 
You rather watch Mac Jones and Mitch Trubisky than spend time with your wife? You rather watch Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi than go play with your kids? Go get ice cream today. Why don't you go caroling today? Why don't you go to Christmas in the park? Why don't you go out to the Legends? They've got a great light display out there. Go caroling. Take your kids to the mall and just walk around. Ask them questions. Ask them what they want Santa to bring them this year. If you sit down in front of the television today with an intention of watching Thursday Night Football, you hate movies. You know how many great movies you haven't seen? You ain't seen all movies. Come to me. I'll give you a movie suggestion. What kind of movie you want to watch? Horror? Drama? Comedy? 90s? What co- you tell me the kind of movie you want to watch today, and I'll help lead you on the right path. The over-under for today's Thursday night football game is 30. They think that fewer points are going to be scored in this game than Iowa-Michigan last week. The Patriots didn't score last week. And they lost six to nothing. They have had four games this season in which they have scored fewer than 10 points. The Patriots stink. Why do you hate basketball so much? I'm not even encouraging you to watch the in-season tournament. We got Iowa, Iowa State today. I can find you a game. I know there has to be some hockey on today. Hell, watch ESPN Classic. Rewatch the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. If you're that hard up for football today, just go on ESPN Classic and pick a random game. Watch Montana Magic. Watch Patrick Mahomes' first start. Pick a random game on YouTube, week seven, 1995. You forgot who won the game. But I implore you, I beg of you, please don't watch Thursday Night Football. Stop it. Stop letting them feed us this slop. I know what you're going to say, but I've got fantasy. They're not going to score. How good is it going to be for your fantasy team? You're watching this to see George Pickens have 37 yards receiving today? You're watching it for Najee Harris and his 2.7 yards per carry? I want better for you. I really do. I love football. I really do. I love good football. I love competitive football. I love it when it's fun. And there will be nothing. And I mean nothing. That will be fun about tonight's Thursday night football game. This isn't, this is not a go watch the in-season tournament. I get it. If you don't watch the in-season, that's fine. I mean, I'm interested in watching LeBron against Zion Williamson today, but I get it. That's not your thing. There's something that's been sitting in your Netflix queue and your my list for weeks. You've been planning on getting around to it. Oh, man. I, one day I need to – that today's the day to watch it. Tell the wife, you know what, when the kids go to bed, let's pop some popcorn, let's grab some blankets, let's snuggle up under the covers, and let's watch Elf. Let's watch Fred Claus. Let's watch Jingle All the Way. But please don't watch Thursday Night Football. I beg of you. Please don't watch it. If you tell your significant other tonight, hey, I can't do that, whatever the thing is, help with the kiddos, put up the Christmas tree, go Christmas shopping, watch a movie, 
hey, I'm up, take the kids to basketball practice, whatever event you, your significant other, your kids, whatever event you have tonight, if you say the following sentence, no, honey, I can't, I'm watching Patriots and Steelers on Amazon Prime, I hope you get hit with divorce papers tomorrow. (laughs) That's what I hope happens too. I hope when you get up to get something to drink, I hope you see that she has a bag packed like she's going to travel. And then when, when you, like, hey, babe, where are you going? I'm going to stay with my mom for a few days. What's wrong? What did I do? You're watching Thursday night football. Someone said, but it's the last week of my Amazon Prime free trial. Watch that Jack Reacher show that they made. Watch that. What other shows they got on there? They got Jack Ryan. That's, yeah, watch that. That's, that's very watchable. Chris Pratt has a movie about being in the Army. Watch that's very watchable. Else. Anything else. I sure. See that. Some of us also just love football. I love football, too. You love football enough to watch Patriots and Steelers? I would call that's tonight. That's not love. I'm here to tell you that's not love. You have a problem. I would call tonight not football. There's a chance Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky are battling it out in the fourth quarter. That's a Mac game. I'm good. Pass. Barry Sanders documentary also on Prime. Watch that. That's at least about football. I'm telling you that I'm much rather. I'm much rather get the text today that says we need to talk and actually sit there across from the couch and look at each other and talk for the entirety of Thursday night football than turn the game on and watch it. I'm serious. I much rather get that I need to talk to you about something and actually talk than, than sit down and watch Thursday Night Football. I don't know how you guys can do it. I don't know how that can be enjoyable. I don't know how that can be fun. I love football too. I promise you I do. I Here, love it with all my heart. You work in the industry. Where is the game tonight? Pittsburgh. Exactly. If Pittsburgh. you If you don't know, I don't know either. I'm just asking a random question. If you don't know, Joe and Olathe. Tonight's a great night to take the kids out for dinner. I mean, I know I knew that I wasn't watching this game like three weeks ago. Like honestly, three weeks ago. When I saw this was Thursday night football, I knew I wasn't watching today. And I knew that I was making other plans. And I'm very happy that the in-season tournament is happening because that's what I plan on watching. I plan on watching the in-season tournament. And again, I if you don't want to watch the NBA today, I, I get it. That's perfectly fine. I'm not even I'm not advocating to watch it. I I will plan on watching it. I, I would I'm interested in Lakers and Pelicans, but if you're not, I, I get it. I understand. I'm on your side. But please don't watch Thursday night football. I beg of you. Please don't. Coming up on the other side, we'll head to Buffalo, New York to be joined by Jeremy White of WGR out in Buffalo. We'll take our first look at Sunday's opponent for the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deepest Squally Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. Tune in every day right at 2 o'clock for your chance to win a free pizza. Free is my favorite kind of pizza. Listen and win right here on 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Kansas City is Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo to take our first look at the Chiefs opponent this Sunday in the Buffalo Bills. Jeremy, we appreciate you, my man. Always good to be on. Absolutely, Jeremy. This Buffalo Bills team currently sits at 6-6. Six and six. What has gone wrong this season for Buffalo where they're not considered one of the strongest teams in the NFL? Well, the thing I like to say about what happened to the Bills this year is it's like match play in golf. They had a lot of fancy numbers, a lot of good underlying advanced stuff. Their offense is fine. People thought the offense was fine. But inside of games, they would go into these lulls, these slumbers, where it would be the whole first half without any points or seven straight drives without any points. And they played down to competition. They made big mistakes and kind of gave a couple games away. They were lucky to beat the Giants. They lost to Denver on – a 12 men on the field field goal penalty. They lost in New England because the offense was asleep until the fourth quarter. They lost in Jacksonville because they were sluggish. So just an overall kind of malaise on the season that, uh, you know, ended up catching up with them and their margin for error came down. A couple turnovers, a couple bad plays, and they sit at six and six as a result. One thing that really stands out to me, Jeremy, is how bad they've been on the road for a team that obviously has as much talent as anybody. They only have one road win this year, and that was back in September against Washington. What has gone wrong for this team where at home they've been the team that we expected them to be, but on the road it has been a completely different story? There's been a lot of penalties. I mean, a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Their defense also this year, and this is by far the most you'd, you'd probably ever be able to get on the Bills' defense. They got old. They got old. They got maybe a little slow. They got major injuries as well. Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, Tredavious White. That's, you know, it's a, a really solid player at all three levels and two former All-Pros in Milano and Tredavious White. So, you know, he had missed a full calendar year with an ACL injury, but by all accounts this year was pretty much back and back in peak form. So injuries, age, one more run with the same defense for the most part. I mean, Von Miller as well. Like, we're hoping to see him come back from the ACL injury and he didn't come back until the Jacksonville game, which was week five. And even then he's had, he has had one tackle. He's not been a factor at all on the field. So, you know, he went from a team that had a star studded defense to kind of looking for answers on the defensive side. So that again, like on the road, whatever, like their margin for error, every single spot that they had these big games, um, those games kind of lessened a bit here and there, whether it's the offensive slumbers or of course the defense, which uh, lost some of their stars. Jeremy, I want to keep talking to you about the game and learning more about the Bills, but you mentioned Von Miller. How much conversation has been had about Von Miller off the field, and what do you think of him playing in the game? Because some people here in Kansas City, and I'm, I'm part of these, uh, part of this group, is there was a Chiefs wide receiver, Justin Ross. He had an incident with a young lady. He was instantly put on the commissioner's list. Yet Von Miller was in an incident with a pregnant woman, and he's going to be able to play on Sunday. The league ruling just doesn't feel very consistent when it, uh, when it comes to this. Yeah, I had thought during the week that the commissioner's list or the league would kind of step in and bail the Bills out. Like, you don't have to make the call, we will. Um, the Bills had a very, I mean, not, not that similar situation, but last year they had a punter, Matt Ariza, who accusations came out against him, and he was cut, just gone from the team. And then he was later cleared of charges, not exactly cleared of wrongdoing, 
um, if I remember exactly the wording of it. But Ariza, it turned out the Bills acted quickly, and some people would say that the story was, or the lesson is, don't act too quickly. You never know what's going to happen. Brandon Bean even kind of referenced that. If you act too quickly, some people get upset. But the reality is, like, last year when it was with Ariza, it was a punter. So a lot of us said, whatever, do the right thing. It's a punter. And I know this ends up making it sound like different rules for different players, but we all know that's a reality. With Von Miller last year, he was an integral part of your defense. This conversation would have been difficult. It would have been gross to have, but difficult. This year, I mean, it would have been easy for the Bills to just make him inactive. If before this event even happened, we could have just speculated about the idea of shutting him down for a couple of weeks. So um, I don't think it's gone over great here that he's practicing, that he's just going to be on the team and that the Bills are just kind of waiting this out because it's another example, kind of like Ariza, where the right thing to do is kind of easy to do if you just want to take that approach, have a little bit of the moral high ground, and establish yourself as a franchise that will make the bold play in that spot. Right now we're talking to Jeremy White of WGR out in Buffalo talking, getting ready for Sunday's game. Have you seen this quote by Sean McDermott? It is one of the crazier quotes that I have ever seen. Jeremy, you there? Which quote? Oh, okay, my bad. I, don't, I, I just didn't know if you've seen it or not. So the quote is, uh, at St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, McDermott's oh. morning address began innocently enough. He told the team that they needed to come together. But then sources on hand yeah. say he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11th. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. Have you seen this quote? Yes. So that's a part of a very long He's Tyler Dunn, who covers the NFL. His website, golongtd.com. Uh, Tyler is a journalist. I mean, Tyler talked to 25 different sources about McDermott and about, about his leadership and whether that's former players who, McDerm- who Tyler has had previously had shows with Isaiah McKenzie, who was on the roster for five of McDermott's years, whether it's connecting with assistant coaches that have left or players. Like, Tyler is connected. And he wrote what, I mean, I'm estimating 200,000 words about McDermott and his lack of accountability, his relationships. I mean, it's a big, big thing. It came out today. Everyone here is kind of getting through it and digesting it. It's about a 40-minute read. That's part of that. And it's all about how McDermott kind of handles everything and whether it's him being awkward or not really reading the room or uh, wearing down his assistant coaches. I have seen it. It's kind of a big topic around here today. A lot of it's not exactly new information. That quote specifically, very new information. (laughs) Um, there's a lot in there. I mean, when Brian Dable left for the Giants job, it was not exactly a well-kept secret. Like we all kind of around here thought that those two didn't really see eye to eye. They might've had their clashes despite winning so many games together. So McDermott right now. And uh, that Tyler Dunn piece. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if you haven't seen it out there, you will, like it's making the rounds and there's some very interesting stories, interesting anecdotes in there from Tyler, who again, 25 sources, and I would, I would urge anybody to trust what, what Tyler does. Tyler's a professional. Right now we're talking to Jeremy White for a few more minutes. He is with WGR out in Buffalo learning more about the Buffalo Bills. Jeremy, when you watch this Bills team, do you think they're a team that's capable of getting hot? Because for the most part, they have been inconsistent for the last two months. But I look at them as a team, given their quarterback play, given how good Diggs is, how Josh Allen could just go on a month tear where he's the best player in the National Football League, I mean, if they get into the tournament, I think they're as dangerous as anybody, especially when you look at the landscape of the AFC. You watch this team every week. Do you think they're capable of 
finding that consistency? Do you think they're capable of getting hot and going on a run? I do. I do. And one of the main reasons I do is because of what they just did to the Jets. The, the change in offensive coordinator, I mean, the Bills had had trouble with the Jets for two or three years. I mean, the Jets defense doesn't, not, they don't fear the Bills. They play them like they're not afraid, and the Bills always struggle against the Jets. Joe Brady takes over, changes the offense, and they put up 30 on the Jets, and they look comfortable doing so. So could they get hot? Yes, because we're, we've only seen two weeks of this return to what the Bills probably should be where Josh Allen runs the ball, isn't afraid to run the ball. And when I say afraid, I mean because in that piece from Tyler Dunn, there's a lot of McDermott trying to rein Allen in. It's been a battle for Josh Allen's soul here in Buffalo about how much he should run or how much he should take hits and whether he should be careful and turnovers and all this. And I think people are kind of coming to the realization that the Bills' best chance is to just let him do what he does. And, you know, you lose, you lose. But you've got to go down with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL playing like Brett Favre because that's kind of who he plays like. So, yeah, I think they could definitely get hot. I've seen worse teams get hot. The Rams win the Super Bowl a couple of years back, and how good was that team, right? They got hot. They had star players. They got the job done. So I do think they could, and I also think the AFC is kind of just there for the taking with no Burrow and maybe with the Chiefs a little vulnerable offensively. You know, Baltimore and Miami, the Bills hammered Miami in the first matchup this season. So I don't think there's anybody they couldn't get by if they were at their best. Jeremy, a couple of weeks ago, you and I talked about Stephon Diggs and his discontent, how unhappy he was in Buffalo. It seems like that story kind of died down, at least on a national level. I'm curious how that story is playing on a local level. How has Diggs been the last three weeks, the last month or so? Pretty good. I mean, the funny thing is, the last month or so, his production has dipped a bit. He's not had the biggest games. Their offense, as it's started to find its way, has used other people. Has used Khalil Shakir, a little bit of Gabe Davis, a lot of Dalton Kincaid. But Diggs has just kind of been, you know, quiet. The relationship that he and Josh Allen have had over the years has always been a good one. And I don't really see any reason to think that that's off the rails or anything. And his contract and all that, like, there, it's almost impossible to consider the idea that they would even trade him next year. So I think he knows he's here. And he, he, he the funny thing about Diggs is he, ta- he talked to training camp about this specifically a lot. And now I wonder if he was, like, trying to send a message to his own head coach, which is, let me be me. I do what I do. I'm a professional. No one ever doubts me on the field. And that is true. You know, say what you will. Get in between the lines, and you never doubt how hard he works and what he puts into his profession, what he puts into this team. He was voted a captain again. So, you know, like, he, he's a pro's pro on Sundays and Mondays. And I, I think the Bills know that they get that from him. And any sort of drama stuff that kind of surrounds that, his message is, who cares about that? Why do you care about that? I'm here every day. If I'm happy or not, I'm here and I kill it. And there's no debate about that. We've got two final questions here for Jeremy White of WGR out in Buffalo, just picking his brain, learning a little bit more about the Buffalo Bills. First question is, I was surprised when I looked at the line, and today was the first day that I looked at the line between these two teams, and I see it at Kansas City as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, this tells me that if this game was in Buffalo, Buffalo certainly is favored in this game. This also kind of tells me that if this game was at a neutral site, that Vegas might side with Buffalo, too. Are you surprised that that Vegas has maybe given Buffalo this amount of respect going into Kansas City? And which team do you think this says more about, more about where Kansas City is or still that there's a lot of respect for the Bills? good question like i was surprised to see that it opened at three 
And for the Chiefs to be, you know, favorites at home, that makes sense. The Bills have won there two years in a row in the regular season. It's probably a respect for Kansas City, right? Like one stat that I saw that was super interesting, this will get to your Chiefs and expectations of all the teams in the NFL that have come under their implied totals from like gamblers and from betting lines, you know, how many points based on the over and over under and the spread are you supposed to score? Number one in the NFL is new England. They've come in under like 85 points under what they're supposed to score. And number two, in terms of coming up short of expected points, again, for like the gambling lines and over unders is Kansas city. Number two. So the number of times it's, it's not about necessarily covering the spread, but like getting to the number they're supposed to get to as their part of the over. They're not hitting it. So to me, I, I guess they get some benefit of the doubt, but that's one of the reasons I, I like the Bills in this matchup. I mean, I thought the line was a little wonky as it is. The Bills just went to Philly and played toe-to-toe and probably should have won the game. They had two 10-point leads on the road in Philly and then, you know, had some big mistakes and some miscommunications and the game-winning potential drive. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I I was surprised by three to open, and I like the Bills at that number. I like the Bills at one and a half. I like the Bills. Last question here, Jeremy. We always ask the opposing uh, guests this question. Chiefs win if, Bills win if on Sunday. Chiefs win if. I mean, they can get things going offensively to keep up. Like, I feel like the, the script is flipped right now. The way the Bills are humming on offense you know, every time we here in Buffalo talk about the Bills going into Kansas City, it's about keeping up with them, keeping up with them. And I think it's flipped right now. I know the Bills have had a rough year offensively, but these last two weeks have just been, last two games have been so encouraging that if Patrick Mahomes can find it and keep up, then they'll have a chance to win. That is Jeremy White joining us on the show today with WGR out in Buffalo, taking a closer look at Sunday's opponent for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jeremy, always appreciate the insight. Thanks a bunch, my man. Thank you. Absolutely. That's Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo joining us on the show today. Rob, I actually clicked on the story from Tyler Dunn. There was more to the quote, more to the story of Sean McDermott. So if you guys missed the quote, there is a long piece from Tyler Dunn, really comprehensive piece about sort of what's been going wrong behind the scenes with the Buffalo Bills. So the story says, at St. John Fisher College in Pittsford, New York, Sean McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the entire team that they needed to come together, but then sources on hand say he used a very strange model, the terrorist, on September 11th. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate an attack to perfection. One by one, Sean McDermott then started asking very specific questions to players in the room. Quote, what tactics do you think they used to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer, what do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood, but no one could fathom this insanity. Sean McDermott is a crazy person. Absolute crazy person. I don't know how you can hear that and come away with any other conclusion than he is an absolute crazy person. That is one of the wildest inside football locker room stories that I have ever heard. Rob, he starts going around and asking why 9-11 was successful and what they did to execute the attack is crazy. It's wild. It is wild. Oh, my goodness. This is, I, I am befuddled. That this was a real question. How are we just now finding this out? How are they able to keep this story in-house for so long? That's crazy. 
What is wrong with Sean McDermott? Is he well? He can't be well. You can't be well. You cannot be well if that's what happened. It is impossible for you to be well. Someone said, Carrington, you haven't read Sean McDermott's Niagara Falls speech. Oh, we can read that at the top of the hour, too. We can get to that. We got our guy Sam Munson, a pro football focus, coming up in just a little bit. We can continue to read this. Sean McDermott is one of the craziest individuals that I've ever heard. Makes absolutely no sense to me. I just, I don't even understand his end goal. I'm going to galvanize the locker room by comparing the locker room to the terrorists at 9-11. Just boggles my mind. Crazy. There's really no other. That, those are all the words that I have to describe it. It's just, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy is what it is. Can we talk about this K-State thing really quickly here before we're joined by Sean Munson or uh, Sam Munson, our pro football focus. Let's talk about the K-State situation for just a bit. So you guys might remember yesterday we were talking about Naquan Tomlin. He was a star player at K-State. He no longer is a star player. He has now been kicked off the team. Now, admittedly, I don't know as much about this as I should. Maybe there is a lot going on behind the scenes I don't know about that I wasn't asking the right questions. I honestly had kind of forgotten about it. But this is the thing that's confusing to me. From all the rumors that are out there, somebody said the N-word, that sparked the fight. He made contact with the young lady, and that's why he got kicked off the team. There is a lot of, you know, speculation on what happened. And I wasn't there, so I don't know. It's 2023. Nobody had a camera. I was just in Lawrence, Kansas last week after their game against UConn. I feel like if KJ Adams had gotten to a fight on Mass Street, I feel like somebody would have video of said fight. I feel like somebody would be an eyewitness. They would be on the news talking about it. Hey, I saw Hunter Dickinson in a physical altercation. If this happened at Mizzou and this was outside one of their bars, I feel like somebody would have a cell phone camera. This happened in Aggieville. There ain't no cameras. There's no way for us to see the video and see what happened. It's just 1995 message board gossip on why a player got suspended and why he got kicked off the team. The suspension made sense. He got kicked off the team. And what's really interesting about this from a basketball perspective is he has already graduated. So in theory, he could still play college basketball this season, just not at K-State. You can then go to another university, sign up for the second semester, and then go play basketball. So he wasn't good enough to play basketball at K-State, but he can be good enough to go play basketball anywhere else in the country? Something about this story stinks. It really does. Somebody's got to get to the bottom of this. It's not going to be me. I'm just going to be real with you guys. This is, it's not going to be me. Somebody close enough to Manhattan, somebody close enough to this program, I just, they're kids. They're always on Snapchat. They're always on Instagram. They're always on TikTok. There's no video of this incident. There's no security video of this incident. It's just rumors. And it just cost the young man his reputation and his spot on the basketball team when the legal process is it's done. He's already charges been dropped, about to finish diversion program, 
on the outside, this seems like a regular college bar fight, a regular fight in the street at a college. And if you have been to a college campus and the college bar area, you've seen this before and know that this happens from time to time. This doesn't seem like something. If, if it was that serious, that it's, it seems like there'd be more information and not rumors about it. Just a very odd situation. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Sam Munson of Pro Football Focus. We'll get his question about the Chiefs offense and what has gone wrong this season. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.